Hey, thanks for joining us for this week's post-message vodcast as we wrap up God Talk 2.0. We're super excited because we have a new face in the room that hasn't been a part of this Woo-hoo. in the last few weeks. And so we've got Pastor Sean Miller joining Sean. us, the famed pastor here at Lakeside. <laughs> and then we've got yes. right next to him, Josh Bolin. Hello. Or Josher. And then I'm Ryan, Pastor Bell Mysteries. Name, that was his college name, sort of. From uh, like two people. Yeah, from me and I don't know who else. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your name for everybody now. Yes. So, and then we've got John Voles here nice. with us. And so we are recapping and having a conversation about the message from this weekend, uh, diving into some conversation about what was covered, also asking questions and unpacking anything that. Uh, we thought was interesting or needed a little uh, more depth to it. And so, Sean, why don't you give us a recap of what we talked about? Yeah, a quick overview. We've been in a series called God Talk 2.0, follow up to a series we did last year. How do we talk about God in our culture? How do we talk about God uh, when we're thinking about how things are changing? Uh, how do we How do we converse about spiritual things with people that might be in various parts of the journey? And so really what we did this week is, is we talked about the journey itself, the process itself. And the question we're asking is, what is this whole process, what is this whole journey saying to us? And really what we tried to do is, is sort of zero down in to kind of pausing and taking a breath, which in this culture is, is difficult to do for various reasons. But um, we wanted people to kind of pause and, and locate themselves. Mm-hmm. Where am I? in this journey? What part of the journey am I in? And we tried to, to give some language to the journey, and so we divided it up, kind of going off a great study that I read about 12 years ago um, called The Critical Journey. It's a great book. Uh, if you want to get that book, it's, it's in the Bible app, that, the version app that we use. It's, it's by Janet Hagberg, and, um, and it's a great study, and it just puts language to the spiritual journey, some, something that oftentimes we we lack. And so we talked about these six stages and how they're fluid and sometimes we move in and out of them uh, and how life shouldn't be like a roller coaster where we're up on the high mountain and then we're down in the pit of despair and uh, and then back up on the high mountain, but it also shouldn't be like a merry-go-round. Rather, uh, this this process that we're on ought to be uh, going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into... Uh, maturity and and we ought to see some change, some growth, some transformation in our lives and so so really it just it, it falls in line with what we've been talking about lately at, at lakeside and that's hey let's go further yeah. in in this and so we we tried to help people locate themselves and then just ask what would it look like for you to go further yeah. mm-hmm. so so I'm curious uh there's a word that, that you just use and that I think gets thrown around a lot, and it's that word of maturity, mm. uh, and especially in the process. And so how would you define that, define maturity, spiritual maturity? Because I think a lot of people have these different working definitions, and you hear of some people saying like, oh, that so-and-so is not spiritually mature, or, you know. That we, As we, me. Not as spiritually exactly, mature. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's usually in that context. Exactly. Unspoken. 
We <laughs> don't know personally. how to define that in a, I think, and I don't know that there is like a right. sweeping, like locked in definition, but in, in the sense of our process, how are we defining maturity so that we are, have an awareness that we're yeah. moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, one of the things that if you dive deeper into a study like this uh, that you'll find is that there's a lot of information that I couldn't talk about yeah. mm-hmm. on the weekend, specifically in the latter couple stages. Right. And if you get into those, so you're in the inward journey, you're coming out the other side, the inward journey can be described as, um, as a painful process, it's Uh, The ancient writers called it the dark night of the soul. Um, It's a trial. It's a storm. Lots of language to talk about that. But we come out the other side, and we're different. And um, we're not as as much in a rush as we've been before. We've stopped comparing ourselves to others. We... In fact, we, we sort of don't even see ourselves as much anymore, and yet we see ourselves more clearly. So right. there's, there's a bit of a paradox there. We, we have paid attention to our heart, and we've done diligence in self-leadership so that we can love others more effectively. So Jesus said, you know, love God with everything that you got and love your neighbor as yourself. And one of the things that I don't think we've done a good job in... In the church, at least at least in my experience, in my sort of little uh, corner of the world, is that we haven't paid attention to our own heart very well. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost because we we've said, well, no, it's not about me; it's about God, or it's about the other person. And and somebody will even go so far as to say, when when they do something really amazing, they will say, oh, that wasn't me; that was God. And I always try to say, if it's appropriate, <laughs> no, it was both of you, because yeah. isn't isn't this what the scriptures teach? That, that it's us working with God. And uh, yes, all the glory goes to God, and we say those kinds of things, and that's fantastic, but sometimes we ignore our own heart. So maturity is somebody that can pay attention to their life, reap the benefits of it as a blessing for others. Sure. Mm-hmm. And because they come through the other side, um, when they go through that dark night of the soul again, that inward journey, they have more tools to be able to go through it the second time. And the third and the fourth. Yeah. 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 Because that was one of the things that stood out to me, or or one of the things that I was, as I was reflecting was that I feel like there's been so many, so quick overview of the inward journey in the wall. It's like, this was one of the stages of the critical journey is that you get to this place where you're, you have to kind of deconstruct what you once thought or the way you once understood particular issues or God or his perspective on things. And I feel like there's been several walls over the course of my life, in my young life, that I've hit at different times and had to break through those walls. You know, I think about the first yes. time I remember, you know, you early on you think, oh, the Jesus followers, it's just, it's all butterflies and daisies, you know? It's like the first time you experience pain as a Jesus follower, mm. that's a wall that you're mm. like, okay, now what do I do? Where do I go from here? You, if you can get through that, then there's like wall after wall after wall right. that you have to be able. So I, that's, that's really, uh, I think, helpful to think about every time you go through the wall and make it to the other side. You have better tools to help you do that mm-hmm. the next time and the next time. And then in the context of God talk, to be able to walk through that journey with others yeah. who may right. be asking some of the same questions or even if they're different questions 
be able to help impart tools to them on how to address those things and to reflect on those mm. issues. I sometimes call those walls like Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you got a case of the Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, something that Paul says, so you, you spent some time in Philippians chapter 3, and you talked about Paul running for the prize or talking about this, this goal, this thing that we're... I think he actually... I think that NIV says I, straining for right. the prize, like forgetting what lies behind yeah. and straining for right. what lies ahead. But the the thing that um, I love that Paul says in that too is it uh, around verse 12 he says, not that I've already obtained this. Mm. And that yeah. mm-hmm. I think that has been such an important little pause for me as a Jesus follower mm-hmm. that part of maturity, like so we mark the steps, we know where we're at, we can celebrate the things that God is doing in us and how he's moved us down the line. And part of maturity is realizing that we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, been, yeah. that's been super helpful yeah. for me. So any, anytime we feel like we've arrived yeah. with anything, then it's danger, Will Robinson. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. time to back up a little bit. And yeah. Right. Not that I've already obtained this. Right. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, we used to have a professor that said, uh, <clears throat> I forget um, exactly how he worded it, but he would define spiritual maturity as being more aware of and uh, and comfortable with the things that you don't know. Yeah, spiritual maturity is being okay with not having all the answers. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> that, yeah, I think that that's that's something that is kind of stayed with me from college and yeah. and that I think the you know, as we look at the stages and I think some of this is personality driven, just the way that I'm wired. Uh, I wonder about you know we're always looking to to go further. We're always looking to grow. So in that, in the stages, does that mean pursue walls? Does that mean pursue yeah. pain, or do you do you passively wait for those to come up in your life? Yeah, I I had a great mentor who, in some ways, is still mentoring me because he's such a part of my life. We just celebrated his seventy fifth birthday party. Mm. And awesome. when I was in college, he was my college pastor. I went overseas with this guy. He was a he was uh, one of the college professors. He was a basketball coach, and um, he used to tell us. Um, he used to get really intense because we were we were basketball players, and he would say, "Men, you know," and um, because we were an all guys team, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he would say, "You know, one of the prayers that I've prayed consistently in my life is Lord." keep me at a point of need. Mm. And at that point, when I was in my 20s, he used to tell stories about how he's almost died three times. Now, I was there one of the times he almost died. It was was way out in the boondocks in this place um, called Punta Baluarte in the Philippines, and um, he almost died right in front of me. That was the name of my first band. (laughs) Punta Baluarte, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We didn't make it. Yeah. (laughs) Straight from Grass Valley. Yeah. and uh, so he was given a little message at his birthday party, and he, and he and now he's almost died six times, apparently. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's Jeez. had these just these things that have happened to him. And uh, so early on, as a young follower of Jesus, um, I, I, I came to follow Jesus uh, when I was 20. Uh-huh. Uh, I grew up in sort of a dysfunctional family, dysfunctional church, like all of us sort of do it to some extent. So I sort of was in a time of life where we're open to being really crazy and radical. So I started praying that prayer, you know, Mm -hmm. keep me at a point of need. 
Um, and then I started backing off of that prayer because I thought, I don't like this. Yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. life is too uncomfortable when you're constantly at a point of need. And there were a lot of, you know, times and stories, uh, you know, from my 20s where I, where I saw God working in that way. But nevertheless, there's something about the story of Peter falling on his knees on the seashore. And then the bookend with that, jumping out of the boat. No one else jumps out of the boat. Peter jumps out of the boat. Because he needs to be with Jesus so much. He needs to go further so much in what he's facing. And so um, I think what we get with somebody like Peter is we get somebody that was constantly kept at a point of need. Yeah. So so do we pursue it? Your question. Um, I think we do, but but we do it with a ton of humility. Uh, we're careful about it. Um, because that's one of the things where it seems like God will meet us right there yeah. and, and quicker than we think. <laughs> and it's a bit of a mystery to me. So, yeah, I think, I think maturity demands that we pursue the dark sides and the difficulties and the challenges and say, hey, I, I need to break through this wall yeah. or I'm just going to be perpetually stuck and nobody wants to stay there. And, and I think if, even if you're just, just paying attention those walls happen all over the place. Sure. I don't know how you live in our culture right now and pay attention to what's happening all around us, the political climate, the the global climate, <laughs> what's going on in these different parts of the world, what with mass shootings and suicide and you know, like all these awful things that are happening. I don't know how you don't hit those walls. If you're not paying, yeah. if you're paying attention, it's like, oh my gosh, like how do you just you can't you have to be ignoring it. But I think I because I think that statement paying attention, I think that it's shocking how many people aren't paying attention. Mm. That the conversations of like, oh everything's great, you know, like life's good because all that stuff's I you know I hear about it, but it's all over there. It's all, you know, away from me or, you know, the political, even the political climate, it's like we can sit and and hear about all the vitriol and all of this stuff. But really, as long as my little community is is good and we're not impacted by anything, then we can just, well, we can ignore that as long as my kids are healthy. You know, we go to church every week. I think that we have a culture that is so distracted by cat memes or whatever that we're not paying attention, and that prevents us from hitting those walls. Um, sure. And I think that that's a that's a challenge that we have to kind of as as pastors kind of step into and be like, open your eyes, you know, like this is what's going on. You know, well, sometimes more sometimes it's just uncomfortable though. Sometimes yeah. if if yeah. you don't have the tools to navigate, sure, yeah. If you don't know how to engage with the conversation then a viable option is to ignore it. Sure, yeah. Because, you know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I have no words to say. I don't know how to deal with this, mm-hmm. you know? And so I I hunker down in my... I keep my pain mm-hmm. buried in that spot that nobody knows about, yeah. you know? Yeah. it's um, So I... I agree with what you're saying. At the same time, I have a, I have a, a passion to help people have the tools to be able right. to even know how to have the discussion. Yeah. Because you've yeah. got voices coming at you mm-hmm. every three seconds. Right. You know, telling so you what true. you should think, how you should think. It's exhausting. 
I'm tired. Are you guys tired? Yes. Like these days, it's it's just. Yeah, and I think when you're tired and you're like fed up or you're just you're just out of energy, that's the you talked about. I don't remember all of them, but you talked about the four options when you hit the wall, and one of those is just to go back to stage three. Yeah. I think that's the easy. I'm tired. I'm just gonna fall back to this yeah. where everything, my little world is good and I'm engaged and I'm excited but you never break through that barrier of, of what was yeah, holding yeah, me up here yeah. yeah I think stage three is the <clears throat> easiest one to get addicted to at yeah. least in our culture it's super clear and that was the productive life yeah yes. yeah yes. and it, it the the irony is that again all these things is it's interesting there's there's an irony to them because it's such a beautiful stage when you right. see somebody using their gifts and coming alive with how God has wired them, it's one of the most beautiful things that we get to experience as as leaders. We get a front row seat to that. And the discoveries and the growth and um, the antithetical way of Jesus of giving your life away and yet you're full. You're, you're full. It's like you keep yeah. on giving away and you keep on getting filled. So it's beautiful. It's so addicting though. And, and what I mean is, is that it, in some ways, g- getting a job and staying busy is a, is a form of insulating ourselves. It's a form of medicating ourselves. Right. It's an addiction. And, and the, to top it all off, our culture really lifts that up and praises that. Look at all the things you're doing. You volunteered 25 times this week. Right. How do you do it all? <laughs> Unfortunately, like sometimes that can be the most counterproductive thing that yeah. we can be doing. And, and yet it's, it's the easiest. The church is designed for that. We're really good at that. And sometimes we just don't know how to say no. Right. And the church doesn't know how to say no. So I'm, when I say the church too, leaders in the church, right. we don't always know how to say no to people. No, you don't need to volunteer again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, there's something else you need. Let's walk through that. Right. Yeah, because at some point, you lose the sacrificial element of that, like that, because the kind of the productive life in Christ mm-hmm. is when you're sacrificing, you're giving of yourself mm-hmm. and you're giving it away, and you know at some point it becomes so routine that it's just this is just what I do. Sure. It's not hard anymore. Yeah. It's not, and it becomes part of your identity. So, right. You know, it, it is a drug. It is addictive mm-hmm. to to be busy yeah. in the church while people are patting you on the back, and then. So it's not only a way to hide, but it's a way to, you know, uh, get in touch with my ego, uh, my ego, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and feel good yeah. about myself, which is not bad. To, I think we should enjoy serving. Right. I think that that's, uh, but still, yeah, we, our identity gets messed up in right. that. Um, and maybe to bring some clarification, too, because whenever you divide something as... Um, fluid as as the spiritual journey, so to speak, however we want to talk about this. Um, it's easy to go, okay, you're in this stage or this stage or this stage or this stage. Um, and so when I, when I talk about the inward journey and um, actually being less productive, slowing down, I don't mean that we completely check out from serving. Right. In fact, your, your community that you serve with, there may be somebody in that community that is uniquely equipped to walk you through the inward journey. So it's really slowing down enough to be honest with ourselves, to pay attention, and to create space in our lives where we can 
go through the difficult things that we're facing in that chapter of the story. Well, I love the visual of, you talked about like the merry-go-round journey. You're continually visiting the same place over and over and over again, but the corkscrew is not, it's not a straight line, you know, or up and to the right. It's this kind of, you kind of swirl through the different stages, but all the while going deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, To me, that's a great visual for, you know, it's not like you start here and then you jump out of the journey and you're over here for a little bit when you're on the inward mm-hmm. journey and then you jump back in. Right. You're kind of constantly in this m- progression, this movement. I thought that was a super helpful mm-hmm. illustration for that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Sean, if there was one thing that you would leave people with that maybe you didn't feel like you had the time to get to or maybe like a super like practical mm-hmm. thing uh, in pursuing... Uh, probably more discovery you know of yeah. where they're at in this in the stages or um, in their pursuit of growth what would that one thing be as we kind yeah. of wrap up I would say maybe maybe the a really good exercise for anybody to do which which if you're a young mom and listening to this this is gonna be hard for you mm-hmm. you know if you're if you got a big project due at the end of this month you know, and it's it's years in, and you're pushing to to get back in the black in your business or whatever it is. It might be hard, but ha- having said all that, um, to take an afternoon and to take your computer or your iPad or old school journal and write out where you feel like you're at mm-hmm. in this whole journey and reflect on that. Start there, and then the second step is critical you got to share it with somebody and say, hey, do you see this in me? Because when I look at me, this is what I'm seeing these days. Do you see this in me? Now, the third step would be to begin to walk towards whatever that next stage would be. And so you might want to pick up the book, The Critical Journey, and and go deeper. Or you might want to get together in a small group and say, how are we going to go further together? How are we going to grow together? So that third step is like, okay, now now you have to actually walk forward in this. You know, if you're an athlete, you got to go to practice. You can't just work on your own. And you never get back onto that team if it's a team sport. If you're if you're if you're a runner and you work on your own, you got to go run in an event with a bunch of other runners at some point. So, to re-engage community and start taking those baby steps forward, and that's really what our our, our adult ministries is about these days, and trying to help people take that next step. But also, again, our small groups and that sort of thing. Yeah. So we want to be here to help uh, along the way. I'm wondering if we can post on social media or something the six <clears throat> steps in the journey so that people are uh, interested in finding that. Because I don't know how long the U version um, on the Bible app stays up. Yeah, maybe we can just post that so that if, are, for our people who are watching and or listening who want to evaluate yeah, and, do, and reflect, yeah. we can send them somewhere. Let's, we'll post the book, Critical Journey, this one. <laughs> and uh, the six stages. Those little and, descriptions. Uh, yeah, the little descriptions yeah. and. Post it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Cool. That'd be cool. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us for the Post Message Vodcast and Podcast. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, we hope that uh, this was a productive time for you and gave you some stuff to think about and maybe uh, to dive into. And we hope that you have a great week. We'll see you this weekend for our next gatherings. Take care. Bye.